Well, hello again. Well, looking at the calendar, this will be my last chat before the Christmas break. Been busy this last few days. I normally do this chat on a on a Sunday and get it out. But it's Tuesday afternoon now. I've only just got round to getting it done. Saturday we took Monty, our nine-month-old Springer, for a walk along the Goit Valley, through the woods. First time he'd been off the lead. We'd always either kept him on his normal walking lead or on a, a long training lead to let him have a run around on a 10 metre long lead. But we, we had to bite the bullet. He was struggling to get away and have a run round in the open air. So we, we bit the bullet, let him off the, off the lead. Actually, he wasn't too bad. His recall was better than I thought it might be. We were with Elaine's son and his lady friend and uh, with their young dog. They've got a young collie. So the dogs were running around together and being quite well behaved. And much to our surprise, Monty was not necessarily coming straight back when we called him, but he was coming back quite readily and quite willingly. So I was pleased with that. So we, we spent Saturday morning through to lunchtime walking through the, the Goit Valley around Fernley Reservoir and then had a meal at one of the local pubs. Most enjoyable day. Most enjoyable but it was foggy. wasn't too bad actually walking around the reservoir. It cleared a little bit and occasionally the sun came through. But driving over the top to along Buxton and across from Buxton to Goit Valley and from locally from Ambergate to Buxton, the fog was quite thick in places. Coming back, it was very difficult to get back. But an enjoyable day. Then Sunday was my last day on the canals doing the Santa trips with the narrowboat. There are two more days of the trips this week but I'm not booked down on, on the crew for those. I was down on the crew last Sunday. I've done other days but this was my last one. And it was the first day I was there where I'd got my Certificate, National Community Boat Manager's Certificate, which means now I can be in charge of the boat and not just be there as competent crew. I can go and take it off the moorings and be responsible for it for the day and responsible for the passengers. Something I've wanted for a long, long time and I'm really pleased with that qualification. Bit harder work this year doing the Santa trips. Normally we have Santa in the bow of the boat in his little grotto we make on the boat. Then children visit him as we cruise up and down the canal. But because of Covid we were told this year that we ought to have Santa separate 
and reduce the number of passengers we have on the boat at any one time. So we all had to get there a bit earlier, get the boat out and get it to the Tapton Lock and assemble a gazebo next to the visitor centre alongside Tapton Lock. There we assembled a gazebo and put decorations in it. Got some electrics to it, got some warmth in there. Decorated it out and Santa met the children in there before they came for their trip on the boat. Eight trips we did in the day, all down to a timetable, so we had to keep pretty much to time on what we were doing. But it added an hour to getting things done in the morning and an hour at the end of the day, taking it all down and storing it again, ready for another day. No way we could leave it all standing and just left there overnight. But it seemed to work. Each trip took 40 minutes. And we tried to keep to time, otherwise we're running late. The last trip is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So by the time we've done, it's getting dark. But then, of course, after we've taken down the grotto and stored that away, we have to go up to the moorings and secure the boat for the night. Makes a long day of it, but I wouldn't swap it for anything. Thoroughly enjoy doing it. Thoroughly enjoy working on the boats. But because of everything, we're, we're well behind now with doing things for ourselves. We haven't even got our Christmas tree up yet. And what are we, 21st, is it? 21st of December. But thinking back, that's not untoward. I know my granddad at the farm, they wouldn't put their decorations up until at least the 23rd of December. And if they could get away with it, they did it on the 24th of December and just celebrated the 12 days of Christmas. Went from Christmas Day to 12th night. Strange times how it was then. Everything was normal until the last two or three days before Christmas and then everything happened. Now you start seeing Christmas decorations up any time after the end of September. Which to me removes some of the magic of the time. You know, if you put your decorations up too soon, children are saying, Oh, where's Santa coming? Will Santa be here then? <laughs> He's got another six weeks yet, look. Now, I, uh, I'm an old traditionalist, I suppose, in that I don't put decorations up too early. Otherwise, you lose the magic of Christmas. My ex-mother-in-law used to put their decorations up quite early. And then by Boxing Day, she was fed up of them and taking them down again. I like to think there's something there that when you put the decorations up there's something special just round the corner. Not have them up forever. But that's me. That's how I look at these things.
Funnily enough, although I'm behind with doing certain things, we've Elaine and myself have got got the Christmas shopping done fairly fairly quickly for presents and that sort of thing. We've we can relax. With a week to go, or more than a week to go, we've got all the shopping done other than food. And we've done most of that this morning. We've been out and spent a fortune getting all the bits and pieces together. A ham for cooking, turkey crown, odd bits of trimmings of food. There's only the two of us, so we didn't spend a great deal on any drinks or anything. Although we do like to get a few ingredients in and have an odd cocktail over the period. The only time we do do it, but we like to have a a drink. I'll probably get some new books given me, in which case I do enjoy a single malt at my elbow while I sit and read. I'm still working my way through some books as I've acquired while I've been out and about. I really ought to go through them and get rid of some. We've got books all over the place in the house and I've got a bookcase in the garage with most of them in. Some of them are in the garage loft, some of them are in the house loft. Some of them are in a smaller bookcase we've got in the house. But I just enjoy them. I have a I can't do these e-books. I have to have a book in my hand. I have to hold it be able to turn the page and flick through or flick back if I want to re-look re at something. But that's me, that's how I was brought up, that's how I've gone through life. I've got an old work colleague who... <laughs> he sent me an electronic Christmas card on email few years back I went into the offices and took some cards to my ex-work colleagues and he turned to me and he said you're in the wrong century bringing in proper cardboard cards you want to get into this century and lo and behold he sent me this email with an electronic card and then a couple of days ago a, a proper real card came through the post <laughs> as he resorted to my old-fashioned ways after all. I am guilty, I've not got back in touch with him yet. I will send him an email with greetings to him. To be honest, I don't think I've got his address. I can't send him a card. But it's all part of the of Christmas time. Remembering old friends, getting in touch. I'm not in touch with a lot of my old colleagues, but there are two or three who do remain in touch. We do exchange emails and cards at the right time of year. It's nice to know as you're still remembered. I was in Ripley today walking through from shop to shop and I met a young young lady who nodded to me and smiled and said hello. Yeah, used to work in the offices at the council. Hmm. Strange, I've been gone 17 years, I think it is now, but people still remember me. 
<laughs> Elena probably say who can forget you. But it's funny when you do Christmas shopping. Must be a couple of years ago now. I uh, I'd got some bits and pieces for Elaine, but there was a got a feeling it was Chanel Number no. Five perfumes. Had done a gift box with perfume in, and a couple of other related things in the box. Now I knew how much that was going to be, and I knew it was a costly thing. And I picked one up off the shelf to take to the counter to pay for it. But when I got to the counter, there was a a guy there with a young lad, obviously his son, getting something for his wife, the lad's mother. And he wanted some perfumes. So I stood there and I thought, I looked at him and I could tell by the way he was talking and the way he was talking to the lad, I thought this is going to be interesting. And he says, what have you got in such and such a range of perfumes? And she got, I think it was three bottles out of different sizes. And he sort of said, well, how much is that one? So she's told him what the three bottle sizes were and what the prices were for each one. And I stood and, as is my way, I, I observe people. I watch what's going on around me. And I looked and I saw him look down at the lad and look at these bottles. And I swear the colour drained from his face when she told him the price. And I thought, yeah, you've had an idea that perfume is a good gift. But you haven't got a clue how much it costs. I don't know what he did in the end. I think he was hesitating over whether he could get the smaller bottle or whether he'd think that was an insult as it wasn't big enough for her. But another lady came to the counter and asked if I was being served, so I, I missed what the end result was. But it was one of those things where... I know husbands are criticised for leaving things till the last minute. And yes, a lot of us probably do, I must be honest. I used to. I don't now. I've got more time, more inclination of what I'm doing and what I want. At one time a day, I, I hadn't got much idea of what I was doing. I've gone out on the 23rd, even the 24th of December and picked up a set of earrings and things like that. But it's only a, a flaw in our nature. Our heart is there, but, you know, it, it's also choosing the right gift. I know a mate of mine, he decided that a perfect gift for his wife for Christmas would be a set of saucepans. Now, whether she dented them, hitting him with them, or what, I don't know, but uh, that was his de decision that he was going to get a set of saucepans for his wife. I think, I think they're still together. Not because of his efforts, I don't think, but I think they're still together. I must admit, though, that having things on the internet makes life so much simpler 
for getting gifts. Particularly for Elaine, instead of having to go from shop to shop and see what I can find or look for any inspiration, we have several catalogues from different companies that come through the door. Usually there's something in those that is just perfect for Elaine. One has got all items related to different eras in history that are brilliant. Sort of variations on what you'd see in a museum of fabrics and clothing, jewellery and that sort of thing. And it fits in perfectly. There's another one to do with things for the garden and things for in the house. Saves a lot of a lot of your foot 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 footwear. Saves a lot of walking around. And it's worked. It did again this year, quite early on. I'd seen what I wanted for Elaine, ordered it and had it delivered, wrapped up and waiting for her. We got one or two other things while we were at Thursford for the Christmas spectacular of the Steam Fair. She saw one or two things both at the Steam Museum and while we were in Sheringham. She saw a couple of things that she fancied and I said, well, can I get a Mew as part of your Christmas presents? So she knows what she's got. She's actually using some of them, but she's happy with that. We're not like kids as want the surprise. She doesn't know the main thing I've got, that's still wrapped up, but we're happy. Looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to a break, actually. Yeah, we played in a, a friendly quiz the other night. And at the end of the quiz, we decided we'd have a, a whip round and lob a a pound or so in each to cover the cost of the food that we'd had and uh, it brought to mind an occasion when my dad who was branch secretary for the National Union of Railwaymen at the area of the railway that he worked on and one of their colleagues had died he'd, uh, he'd passed away and my dad says, right, we'll have a, a collection for his his widow. Which was traditional in those days. If somebody passed away, they had a collection and gave it to a bit of a widow's fund to, to help out. Well, my dad went round and was collecting the money. And he went to one guy. I mean, I'm talking probably late 50s, early 60s here, probably early 1960s. And my dad went round asking for the money and different people were lobbing in. But he got to one guy and uh, he says, I'm not giving to him. My dad says, you what? He says, I'm not putting any money in for him. My dad says, you're not giving in? He says, you work, mate. You've known him for years. He says, I have. But I lent him a shilling in 1936 and I never got it back. Now that's what I call bearing a grudge. Thirty odd years he'd been thinking about that. And he'd finally got his revenge.
But these are the characters we meet. There are some people as a are quite, can I say, bloody-minded. I know there was one chap, as we all knew, that he sat with us one day, talking away. He had a drink with us, and time was pressing on into the early afternoon. He says, well, that's me rot now. He says, I'm going off now to get me dinner. He says, I'll see what the wife's done. He says, if my dinner's not ready, there'll be trouble. Mind you, if the, if it is ready, I shanna eat it. I dunna want it. And we sat there and thought, well, what will please you? But this is how some people think. I know I was in a, a meeting one day, what they call the Joint Consultative Committee meeting, where councillors and employers met us workers from the union side and I was chair of this committee for several years and a proposal was made and one of the union reps said no 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 we can't have that we can't have that and even his own area manager from the union was talking to him and on this proposal there was three alternatives one of which was leave things as they are one of them was changing it in one way one of them was changing it in another way and this particular union rep to all three options said no we don't want that we don't want that no we don't want that so in his own area manager from the union turned to him and said well that's your three options that are possible what do you want which was a valid question in my way and as chair of the meeting I said well John what do you want and his reply I'll always remember it well we want a decent agreement we want a decent proposal. I said, well, you've had the three that are on the table, and to be honest with you, there's no other workable option other than those three. No, 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 we want something that's right. I don't know what came of it all in the end. I'd left before they worked that one out. And I wasn't sorry to go, I can say that. But I'd, I'd had a good career there. I was chair of the safety committee. I was chair of the joint consultative committee. I'd been chairman of the union and I'd also been branch secretary of the union. The one thing that I really miss, other than some of the people at work, was the banter and the challenge of being in these meetings. I like to think I was quite good at it. I must have had some influence because when we were building the new town hall and moving people in from Hena, Ripley, Belper and Alfreton and closing the offices there, the Chief Executive asked me if I would chair the Centralisation Action Team meetings. 
And although I didn't say much at the time, I was greatly moved as I'd been asked to do that. I must have been reasonably good at what I did to be able to stand there and say I'd been appointed to that. And then when we officially opened the new town hall, the chief executive mentioned several people by name who he said we wouldn't have done what we've done if these people hadn't joined in. And he mentioned me by name in his speech as one of the people that made building and opening the new headquarters a success. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was a, a pat on the back that I was really proud of. It was hard work. I mean, I spent days at work and evenings at home poring over plans and wiring charts of the building, trying to work out where I could put all the phones and who would sit at what area and which floor box their phone would come out of and then putting it all onto the plan to be able to connect it all up. But it worked. It worked. And we organised the move and got people in there. I remember driving back one snowy night, going back to the offices after I'd had a day at work, gone home for my tea, and I drove back with my two kids in the car. Through the snow, because we moved just after Christmas, I... Uh, I went through the snow with my two kids there and bless them I gave them a plan of the floor and what we wanted and they found the appropriate phones out of the boxes and plugged them into the appropriate floor boxes once I showed them how to read the labels. They were brilliant that night. Got a lot done with those two there. <laughs> But that was all in the past. Just crossing our fingers now and hoping that we can get through Christmas without having to have lockdowns and be told we can't meet up with other people. I know Wales and Scotland are limiting what things we can do. Playing football matches and big events behind either closed doors or a greatly reduced crowd. It's all preventive. I think we can all span back to a, a degree and say, yes, it's the right thing to do. We've got to try and stop this nasty virus from spreading. Who knows where it will all end if we don't. As a member of the committee of a local social club, we don't want another lockdown. I'm not sure we could stand it financially. We just made it by the skin of our teeth last time. What will happen if we close down again, I don't know. But we've got to look at the safety of the majority of people. It's a letdown for us all. I've read today that the Trafalgar Square and the Hogmanay in Edinburgh have been cancelled. But we've got to be careful. 
by the sounds of it we'll get Christmas done okay I don't think they're gonna put any problems in our way for Christmas we can enjoy that but I'm half expecting things to change between Christmas and the new year talking of a new year New Year's Eve's my birthday and I think I've said before there's a naught on the end of my age this year but I've also told people I don't want any force. I don't want a big do. I'm, I'm not like that. I'm a little bit. I'm not shy, but I'm not a, a natural talker as such. I need to have a subject or something to ramble on about, same as I do on these things. Play a part on stage. Quote something. Talk about something but I need a stimulus to do it. I'm not a natural person who goes up and does conversations. And I certainly don't want people knowing how old I am and celebrating something that... Uh, well, I just don't want reminding how old I am. I think that's the basis of it. I've been a little bit tired and a little bit weary these last few days. A bit run down with things, but we're getting there. We're getting better. A couple of three days rest before Christmas now, and then Elaine and myself have Christmas to ourselves, Christmas Day. My daughter's for Boxing Day. And then we'll see where we go after that. I suppose all I've got to do is say to you all, have a Merry Christmas. And hopefully a happy and successful new year. Let's hope as things improve and we get good health and the freedom to enjoy ourselves. And get back to as normal a life as we can possibly get. Good luck to you all. Ta-ra for now.